This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Don Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Togine.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. Benvenuto, and welcome to the Bella Vita Show. I'm Don Catherine, your hostess with the mostess. I hope that you have poured yourself a glass of wine and are ready to join uh, to enjoy a, another great show with me tonight. Uh, if you're listening to me live, thanks for tuning in. If you're listening to me on a podcast, thanks for downloading. If you didn't know that you could download my show, you absolutely can by going to toginet.com backslash shows, La Bella Vita. It's right there. You can download any of the previous shows. You can head on over to Apple's iTunes and go and put the name of the show, La Bella Vita, or my name, Don Catherine. Scroll on down to podcasts and subscribe. You also can use your phone if you have an Apple device. Go to your podcast icon and do the same thing look for my name or the name of the show and you can download any of the shows that I have previously done uh, so um, tonight we have a great show because you know tomorrow is a big birthday uh, for a city that I adore and uh, of course I'm sure you can figure out that it happens to be in Italy somewhere and that would be true so we're going to get to that um, and uh we're going to be talking about lots of stuff tonight. One, I have to get it out there first and foremost. For my wine lovers out there, I just need you to know that you need to go immediately after the show is over and go to the liquor store or wherever you get your uh, wine and spirits and stock up on Prosecco because apparently all of you people out there um, have started to enjoy Prosecco so much that there's a shortage of it. And uh, so prices are going to go up and the availability is not going to be as much. Uh, obviously, because the Prosecco grape that they use is actually from a very small area right in the Veneto, and um, they only can make so much, and the demand is out, you know, is really large, and the supply is uh, not that big. So go out and buy your Prosecco if you are a Prosecco lover like I am, especially during the summer months. I love me some Prosecco. So go out and buy it. This is not a test, people. This is real. This is real stuff. Go get it. Um, so lots going on in the world of entertainment. Lots of stuff. Uh, first of all, the big news of the day well, it has been for the last 24 hours, is that Michael Strahan is leaving alive with Kelly and Michael uh, to go full-time at GMA, Good Morning America. Uh, reports are saying, though, that Kelly is pissed. Uh, she allegedly was blindsided not only by Michael, but the network itself. And uh, she wasn't on today's show, and that was not planned. She just decided she wasn't going to go in, and apparently she's taking the rest of the week off. So it should be very interesting to see how this all plays out. 
you know, I think that um, I understand that the network told Michael Strahan that he was not allowed to discuss that with anybody, but I think that Kelly gave him a platform and she really pushed for him to get that job. I would think that, you know, I know rules are rules, but sometimes rules are meant to be broken, especially if it's going to hurt somebody else's feelings or they're going to be upset with you. Uh, I think he should have approached her on the down low and just said, hey, this might be happening and let her know so she wasn't blindsided. So I think not only is she pissed off at Michael Strahan, I also think she's pissed off at the network for kind of going behind her back. And uh, according to reports that I read right before I came on air, uh, she uh, definitely has an issue with the way ABC has handled this. So uh, I can understand why she's been on that show for hosting for 16 years. And she actually started uh, being guest co-host a couple years uh, prior to that. So I think they should have let her know what was going on. I mean, it's a great opportunity for Michael Strahan. I do like him. Uh, I just think that it's going to be a kind of a weird situation going on at live and how that dynamic's going to play out with them kind of being at, at odds. And obviously now that it's all hit the fan, there's been reports now that uh, their, their relationship hasn't been that great from the start. I don't know if I put much merit into that because I feel like they have great chemistry when they're on air and it seems like they enjoy each other's company. But, you know, looks can be deceptive and you never know what goes on behind closed doors when no one else is watching. So there you have it. Um, Okay. Uh, Other news uh, as far as TV goes. If you have been listening to the show at all, you know that I am obsessed Game of Thrones person, and I cannot wait for Sunday uh, because my Game of Thrones is going to be coming back. And of course, if you're a Game of Thrones uh, addict like I am, you just really want to know. I really could care less what's going on in the rest of Game of Thrones. I just want to know what the hell is going on with Jon Snow, if he's dead or alive. And I'm telling you something, if that first episode does not acknowledge that whole situation, I'm going to have an issue. I'm going to be throwing shit at my TV. It's going to be bad. It is going to bad. It's going to be bad. So they best be telling me what happened to my dearest Jon Snow. I need to know. Um, but I'm super excited. I, I just love Game of Thrones so much. I just it tortures me that they make me wait like a whole entire year before I get to see a new season. And I know it's towards the end of the series now. We're coming down to the final seasons. I just wish they would do it twice a year. Like I wish they would they do ten episodes a season. I wish they would give us five in the spring and then five in the winter time, so it's not so much time in between to torture us. Uh, I really truly believe that they torture us as viewers more than the characters on the show get tortured and those people get tortured beyond belief. So there you have it. Um, Jennifer Aniston of Friends fame has been named the most beautiful woman in the world by People Magazine. She was just named, so good for her. Congratulations to her. She is a gorgeous girl, and uh, I love that they picked somebody uh, who's in her mid-40s, so I think that is a great choice. Um, Really great thing happened today. Uh, Harriet Tubman is replacing Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill. It's the first time that a 
women has been on money in uh, over 100 years. So I think it's about time. And it's really funny because I saw a interview earlier tonight on the on the news that um, said that showed this little girl and she said that she wrote a letter to the president asking him why there was no women on money. And, you know, honestly, I didn't I really never kind of noticed. I don't know why. I guess I've been just so conditioned my whole life that it's only men on them because most of them are presidents and all of our presidents have been men. And we all know that that could change very shortly. Uh, but that being said, I'm super excited for her. Um, I think that she is a historic figure in our country and she so deserves his honor. So uh, I, I think that she is smiling down from heaven thinking, you know, that uh, this is a wonderful thing. So I'm really excited for her. And uh, I guess it's going to be a little while, though, before she comes out on the $20 bill. It's going to take a little time to redo it. But uh, I believe that's going to happen. Now, there was talk about taking Hamilton off the $10 bill. Actually, they wanted to put a woman on the $10 bill. For some reason, they pushed for the $20 bill. But Hamilton, because of, honestly, this is a true story, because of the um, the whole Hamilton play on Broadway has really put some, uh, you know, historical context around him and he's very popular right now. They decided to keep him on a $10 bill. So it's kind of funny how culture can play a role in what and who stays on our money. So there you have it. So good for Harriet Tubman and good for Hamilton. And by the way, speaking of Hamilton, uh, the play, uh, the writer did win a award, um, for writing the play, so that was good. That came down this week, so exciting for that whole uh, play and all of the people involved. Uh, if you have a sweet tooth, I just want to let you know that if you have a Carvel ice cream shop nearby your house, tomorrow between 3 and 8 p.m., they're giving away free cones of ice cream. So if you missed the Baskin and Robbins free cone and you missed the... Uh, the Ben and Jerry's free cone, then I think that uh, maybe you should uh, go ahead and go down to Carvel and get you a cone. And for those of you who may not have grown up, or if you did, do you remember the Thirsty Whale Cake? Please raise your hand if you remember the Thirsty Whale Cake. I can't see you, but I know all of you do, because those commercials were my whole entire childhood, I had that commercial. Uh, I do want to uh, obviously put out uh, some prayers to those who are affected by the earthquakes in Japan and Ecuador. Uh, tragic situation, lots of people gone, very sad, uh, hoping that this is the end of the quake cycle for a little bit, and we have a little bit of a reprieve uh, from that, but, uh, you know, my prayers go out to them. There's uh, at this point today, I heard before we went to air that there were hundreds of people that are affected by the earthquakes and people who have died and people who just literally do not have any food or water. It's a very harrowing situation. So I'm really sad for all of those people. Uh, so my Incantatos, what has me spellbound, I just want to give a shout out for my fashion icon of the week. It has to go to the royal family. They posed for uh, a 
portrait for a stamp to commemorate the Queen's 90th birthday, and Prince George could not have looked any more adorable. The kid is so cute. They had three generations represented in the picture, and that was great. Um, so... I, they can, he's just like a little doll. He's the cutest little kid I've ever seen. I just can't even take it anymore. So, so cute. Uh, when we come back from break, because we're going to be going back to break in about uh, 15, 20 seconds, uh, we are going to be giving you your wine pick. And, uh, and of course, we have to say goodbye to one of TV's most famous moms. So uh, we come back, we are going to be talking about uh, Miss Doris Roberts, who passed away. So we'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Dawn Catherine. It's La Bella Vita Show. We will see you on the other side. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Besame, besame Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velazzi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velazzi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Do you need to improve your short-term and long-term memory? Most of us would answer yes to that. And the good news is that by eating a handful of nuts, you can accomplish that. Nuts of all kinds are full of magnesium, and researchers at MIT found that magnesium seems to promote new connections between brain cells. Nuts, especially cashews and almonds, boast about 25% of your daily requirement of magnesium. Nuts are also a hearty snack and stick with you when you eat them. Be aware, though, if you're watching your weight, nuts are high in calories. I love nuts. And for a snack, I put a few almonds in a baggie, along with some raisins, 
and it's a great snack to take with me on the run. The chewy and crunchy element is good also. So improve your brain power and consume a small amount of nuts several times per week. I'm Annette Hammond. And from thence, I had great desire to see Italy and came to Venice and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita, and here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. It's Don Catherine. This is the La Bella Vita show, and we went to break, and before we did, I just wanted to send my condolences out to Doris Roberts' family. We all know and love her. She was the TV mom. Um, she was 90 years old, and uh, she was best known for Everybody Loves Raymond, and of course, one of my favorite shows, which is going to show my age, Remington Steel. I loved that show with Pierce Brosnan. Uh, she was awesome in that, but her acting career spanned over many decades. Again, she was 90 years old, and uh, we just want to send our love and thoughts to all who knew her and her family, and uh, we definitely going to miss her. She was a great lady, and... Uh, so peace to her and let her fly among the angels in heaven. Uh, this week we have a great wine pick from winelibrary.com. Uh, we have a 2011 uh, Capon Ricci Brunello di Montalcino. Uh, it is a really beautiful wine. Uh, it has tilled earth, truffle, ripe berry, thyme, and a whiff of game are some of the aromas you'll find on this full-bodied red. The concentrated palate delivers fleshy black cherry, raspberry jam, cinnamon clove, and a hint of anise. Uh, it's densely packed. Velvety tannins leave a firm, polished finish. Uh, this 2011, though, you want to uh, drink between 2019, so it's going to be one of those ones that you purchase but you hold on to. So enjoy that. And again, that was from that pick came from a winelightberry.com. Uh, that is where I found that particular wine. And uh, so we're going to be talking a lot uh, this week about Rome because it is Rome's birthday. And uh, lots of things going on in Rome that you need to know about. But first, uh, I want to talk about uh, Earth Day, which is April 22nd, which is Friday, and there's lots of activities going on. Uh, this year, NASA will celebrate Earth Day with a variety of live and online activities, Thursday and Friday, the 21st and 22nd, to engage the public in the agency's mission to better understand and protect our home planet. Uh, Earth Day in the nation's capital is Thursday and Friday between 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Union Station Main Hall on 40 Massachusetts Avenue Northeast in Washington. Uh, there's lots of different things going on there that you can take part in some uh, Gallic uh, exhibits at the Science Gallery and some hands-on activities and demonstrations, so go check that out. 
if you happen to be in the state of Florida or visiting the Florida area, uh, Earth Day at NASA's Kennedy Space Center uh, from 2 to 10 to 2 p.m. tomorrow, actually, uh, they are going to be having some activities um, going on. Friday, April 22nd marks the 46th anniversary of Earth Day. And uh, there's lots of different retailers and businesses across the country that will celebrate green living, sustainability, and socially conscious shopping by bestowing a little something to its loyal customers. So I'm going to give you a list of some freebies and deals that you can get to help both be green and to save some green. Uh, the National Park Service from April 16th through the 24th, all National Park Service entrances uh, are free and waived for Earth Week to encourage Americans to get outdoors and enjoy one of the 410 national parks nationwide. Uh, so bring along a kid if you happen to have one because National Park Service Every Kid in a Park event encourages fourth grade students to visit national parks and other public lands by offering them a free annual pass. Uh, you can go to the National Park Service a website for more information about that. But if you are near a national park, it would be a great time to go since you don't have to pay. Uh, national Grocers uh, from April 22nd to the 23rd, Natural Grocers with more than 100 stores in 19 states, is hosting a two day Earth Day celebration with tons of freebies, including free tastings, ice cream social, and free usable shopping bags while supply lasts. So if you have a natural grocer, uh, go to their website site for more details. Uh, Ruby Tuesday, one of my favorite places. I love their salad. April 22nd, uh, Earth Day freebie is actually a buy one, get one deal. Buy one, get one. Uh, when a guest buys one garden bar, they get one free, uh, which is a $10 value, which is a pretty good deal. And uh, you can access the coupon for that uh, at uh, Ruby Tuesday's Facebook page, so go check that out. Uh, and Evos on April 22nd uh, is giving away free organic milkshakes on Earth Day. I'm all about the milkshake, so go to their Facebook page uh, and check that out as well. Uh, and uh, I think you'll love those. So there's lots of different Earth Day events going on throughout the country. There's just too many to mention. Uh, but there is definitely something going on in every city. So if Anything that you can do to help our planet, I do suggest that you do so. Make sure that you recycle and uh, that you are um, a Earth-conscious person because we have to live on this planet and we cannot destroy it. So uh, just do what you can. Do your part. So there you have it. Uh, so... We're going to get on over to Rome because tomorrow is their birthday. Rome, the city, is its birthday. Uh, and there's lots going on. Uh, one of them is that um, all museums will be free uh, tomorrow in the city of Rome for Natalia di Roma, which is Rome's 2,769th birthday celebration. Uh, it's a rather precise date considering the birth of Rome is based on a myth, but uh, that's what they're kind of saying. Uh, the free museum entrances will include the Arapacus, the Capilatine. Um, also not to be missed is at noon tomorrow, the sun streams through the oculus of the Pantheon, directly illuminating the entrance, which is going to be beautiful, because if you've ever been to the Pantheon, you know what a beautiful building it is. Uh, so it is... Uh, you know, a celebration to celebrate the humble beginnings, uh, which started in 753 B.C. 
and which, as legend has it, was founded by twins known as Romulus and Remus, who were rescued and raised by a she-wolf after being condemned to die. The city celebrates with several events, such as fascinating reenactments of the history of Rome, including the story of Romulus and Remus, and several exciting battle scenes between Roman and barbarians. That should be fun. These events take place at several locations, with the most impressive taking place within the Circus Maximus. Many of the monuments and museums, again, permit free entry on this day, and there are several guided tours around the city that can also provide a wealth of knowledge about Rome's rich and colorful history. Another focal point to this celebration are lively street performers and street parades, where you can enjoy the traditional costumes of historical figures such as Roman soldiers, barbarians, slaves, and senators. There are live bands and concerts being performed on the day at various locations such as the Pantheon and Piazza del Campidoglio, and there is an impressive fireworks display to round off the day. So if you are in Rome tomorrow, you are in for a treat. Uh, So there you go. Uh, So since we're going to be talking about Rome and its birthday and celebrating all things Rome, I thought I would give you some insight about some different things that you can do while you're in Rome and why you should make your trek to Rome. We've talked about Rome many times on this show, but uh, I'm going to give you some off-the-beaten-path places that you can go to when you go to Rome and uh, some different uh, places that uh, most people don't take the time to go see. Uh, But there's some special things going on coming up in Rome that I do want to mention. Uh, And one of them is that visitors can experience the Roman Forum at night with a special guided tours made possible through a new lighting system and available every Friday through October 28th. The evening tour initiative called the Moon on the Forum was undertaken to mark the founding of Rome on April 21st in 753 B.C. The 75-minute tours run every Friday from 8 p.m. through midnight in Italian and English for groups of up to 25 people and must be reserved in advance. The new illumination is a white and golden light that perfectly highlights the forums of the monuments and structures along the Via Sicra, the Via Nova, and the Vicus Igarius, revealing the Basilica Amelia and the Arch of Septimus Severus, the Curia Julia, and the temples of Caesar, Castor, and Pollux, and Vesta, as well as the Church of Santa Maria Antiqua and the imposing Temple of Antonius and Faustina. The new lighting system was created and installed by Italian Utility, ACEA, using latest technology LED bulbs at a cost of 400,000 euro. Uh, they planned the project uh, for free of charge. The illumination gives the archaeologists archaeological site a more uniform appearance which is useful both from the perspective of historical interpretation as well from an artistic standpoint as it brings out the forms and materials of the monuments. In addition, the lighting makes an essential contribution to the relaunching and enhancement of one of the most beloved symbols of ancient Rome. To put it like Premier Renzi, we are hoping that now's the time. Special Superintendent for the Colosseum, the National Roman Museum, and the Archaeological Area of Rome. Many lightning projects have been completed through the year, but they all have had 
had a short lifespan because they were too costly and invasive. The cost is now substantially less, and this will ensure a long-term future. Finally, the city is opening itself to the public during non-traditional hours, and this selective and extenuated light on the principal historic monuments of the form is truly of great beauty. So go check that out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking a lot more about Rome and some great little things. And guess what? Somebody found an ancient villa in their back house in the back of their home in England. We'll be talking about that on the other side. Stone Catherine, we'll see you on the other side. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. A common food myth is that bread will make you fat. The truth is quite the opposite. If you eat the right kinds of breads and other grains, you can actually lose weight. The fiber found in whole grain foods helps slow digestion, keeping you fuller longer. True whole grain bread products will have whole grain or whole wheat flour as the first ingredient. If you see anything else, it is not what you want to eat, even though it may say wheat. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that overweight people who acquired all of their grain servings from whole grains lost more belly fat than those who skipped the whole grains. You should still avoid refined grains like enriched flour, but a moderate amount of whole grain bread can be a great asset to a balanced diet. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Come bella gialla luna, brilla strette, strette come butto, belle faste già. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. 
It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. It's Don Catherine. This is La Bella Vita show. We are talking about all things Rome. But I forgot to mention earlier, and I don't know how that happened, but I do want to tell you about uh, a really great find. One of Britain's best preserved Roman age villas was recently discovered beneath a home in southwest England. Homeowner Luke Irwin, who lives in Wiltshire, wanted to run electrical cables from his house to an old barn where his children could play table tennis. But in February, workmen digging a trench for the cables struck a hard surface about 18 inches underground. It was extraordinary, Irwin told to Live Science. Uh, I was lucky I was there that day. The workers had uncovered a detailed mosaic floor. The guy digging called out and we hurried over. You could immediately see the mosaic. The colors were so vivid, it was literally like the day it was laid down. There was a sense of disbelief. You were slightly shocked by that moment of the tangibility of history. History is often so distant and dry. Irwin, who has a passion for history, knew the mosaic was important evidence of something much older than the buildings on the property. Our house was made from two 17th century laborers' cottages knocked together, so there was no way these guys would have put a mosaic in there. Irwin called local government officers to inspect the find, which led to an investigation by archaeologists at the Salisbury Museum in Wiltshire in Historic England, a government agency in the UK that preserves historic buildings, monuments, and sites. The researchers carried out a geophysical survey of the site and conducted an eight-day investigative dig around the spot where the mosaic was uncovered. What they found was astonishing. Below Irwin's lawn lay the center of one of the largest Roman villas found in Britain, which was preserved underground and undisturbed for around 1,400 years. It's clearly a very elaborate and well-to-do residence, uh, said David Roberts, who is an archaeologist with the historic England. The find is particularly the very fine mosaic that we found strongly suggests that it's been a home to a very wealthy aristocratic family. Roberts said the villa seemed to have been occupied since the late 2nd century or early 3rd century into the late 4th century, a period that corresponds to Roman rule in Britain. He added that the villa would have been the economic and social center of the local network of farming communities. And at the time when Britain was an economic anchor for the Roman Empire in the Northwestern Europe, in the later Roman Empire, Wiltshire is something of a breadbasket for Northwest Empire, and grain from the south of England is sent to Germany to feed the troops stationed there. The investigated dig found other artifacts, including coins and high-status pottery, a Roman well, and a stone coffin of a Roman child, which had been used as a flower bed. For Irwin, the most moving items uncovered on his property were the personal traces left behind by people who lived there centuries ago, such as the remains of a meal of oysters that were brought to the villa from the coast about 45 miles away. There's something very powerful about the human items, Irwin said. I found the oyster shells particularly evocative because you're picking up something that was dropped 1,600 years ago, so it's literally from one hand to another. Irwin, a designer whose works include luxury rugs, has used the extraordinary find as inspiration for a new rug collection, some incorporating the mosaic patterns from the site. Everything is adaptation of something that's gone before, and that makes it's a living cultural item. It 
became like a bridge across centuries and across cultures. Robert said that some of the most interesting finds included pottery from the 5th century after the official end of the Roman rule, but before the Saxon conquest of that part of Britain. At the time, the already abandoned Roman villa was partially fitted by people who erected timber structures inside the ruined stone walls. It's very rare to find well-preserved evidence from the 5th century, the post-Roman period, Robert said. In some ways, we have a lot more Roman villas that we have good 5th century context. These artifacts from the 5th century offer such a rear window into that bit of the past that we don't often get to look at. Uh, and so it is amazing that they found this, and I'm so glad that it was found by somebody who cared enough to make sure that it was left undisturbed and that he called the right people to make sure that it stayed uh, intact and was researched by the right people, the archaeologists and such. So I just think that's an amazing uh, story. And, it, you know, one of the things that I say all the time that I love about Europe is, God, if you just, you know, dig down uh, low enough, you're going to hit something, which is, uh, you know, it's all of these cities are built on top of other cities. And it's just amazing to me that uh, they can find these things and uh, get a lot of interesting history and find out about cultures and how they lived and whatnot. So I think that was an extraordinary uh, so, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about now about some of the things that you must do when you're in Rome, because tomorrow is its birthday, lots of celebrations going on. And if you can't make it there tomorrow, because, you know, it's tomorrow, not everybody can get on a plane and go, uh, you know, you might want to go another time. So we're going to talk about some of the things that you must do when you go over there. Uh, so... One of the things, some of the major things that we have talked about before, but we're just going to go over them again, is, of course, we just talked about it earlier, the Pantheon, uh, which is Rome's most intact ancient monument, a massive sphere designed as a pagan temple by Emperor Hayden in A.D. 125. It's remained the world's largest concrete dome until the late 1990s. Houses the tombs of painter Raphael and 19th century Italian king Victorio Emmanuel II. Go when it's raining to watch the drop shower through the oculus, the hole in the dome's top. Uh, and uh, watch it come down and you'll never get wet even though there's a hole in the roof and you're standing underneath it. It's amazing architectural feat. Uh, the Pantheon is located in the Piazza della Rotonda, so go check it out. Uh, the Galleria Doria is a private Roman art gallery. Works displayed in an informal way as the uh, family who curated them wanted them. Uh, it's often overlooked in a very quiet museum housed in a palazzo still owned by the aristocratic Pangev family, which collected artworks well stocked with masterpieces by one of my favorites, Caravaggio, Velasquez, Raphael, and other Renaissance masters. Uh, you can go to the Galleria. It's located at Piazza del Collegio Romano. Uh, there is a fee to get in, but do check it out. Of course, no trip to Rome would be complete without a visit to the Galleria Borghese, a must-see for lovers of Baroque art, recently renovated. One of the city's most impressive art collections housed in a villa in the middle of the estate of the Borghese family. Now Rome's main urban park. Highlights include works by Bernini, Canova, and Caravaggio. Uh, reservations are required. Make sure that you do go ahead and buy your ticket ahead of time so you're not waiting. Uh, it's located at Piazza Scipione. Borghese, so go on and check out the Galleria Borghese. The Roman Forum, we were just talking about that within 
spectacular light show that they're going to be having in Rome at night. But uh, one of the few ancient Roman sites visitors can tour for free start at Capitoline Hill for its great introductory view of this nexus of imperial Roman life. Center of Imperial Rome remains of temples to Roman gods, public baths, imperial arches, basilicas, and the Roman Senate. It is a beautiful place indeed. Uh, I strongly encourage you when you go to Rome to get one of those before and after books that show you what a picture of what it looks like now. And uh, they have like this clear page over it so you can see what it actually looked like before. It is a great way to kind of get a really true visual of what these sites looked like. Of course, no trip to Rome would be complete without stepping into another country entirely, Vatican City, and visiting the Vatican. Uh, a major concentration of world art is in one of the world's smaller sovereign states. Don't miss the tomb of St. Peter under the Basilica, seat of the Catholic religion. Highlights include St. Peter's Basilica with its Piata by Michelangelo, a lifetime worth worth of masterpieces in the Vatican Museums, from Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel to Raphael's Masterpieces School of Athens and Papal Tombs. Of course, the Vatican is located at Piazza San Pietro. Uh, there is a fee to visit the museums, but there is no fee to get inside the church itself. Of course, you want to make a trip to the Colosseum, Ancient Rome Civic Open Theater, site of gladiator fights and other competitions. It's a massive structure now, a symbol of Rome. As you know, we've been talking about this very much lately on the show about how they have been rehabbing the Colosseum and the process is going really well. And uh, from what I heard, the last thing is that they're kind of power washing it to make it look a little bit more like the color it used to be. So that should be really interesting. Uh, Piazza Navona, one of my favorite piazzas in Rome, is a elliptically shaped piazza on the site of an ancient Roman chariot racing stadium, one of modern Rome's premier gathering points and famous Baroque fountain by Bernini at uh, the fountains of the Four Rivers. And, of course, they have a notable Baroque church, St. Agnes in Agnon, uh, designed by Baromini and Ranalfti. And worth a stop is the legendary chocolate tartufo, a little bomb of chocolate trifle ice cream at the Bar Tre Scalini. Definitely go check that out. The Basilica San Clemente is one of my favorite churches, and it's one that most people don't go to. It's a layering of many centuries in one small church, a mystical and feeling beautiful mosaics. Perhaps Rome's most unusual church near the Colosseum, place of worship for more than 2,000 years, first as a pagan temple, and since the 4th century, a Christian church that was built in the 12th century, each structure is still visible. Frescoes and mosaics date to the first millennium. It is located at Via di San Giovanni in Laterno, and definitely go check it out. It's amazing to see the different layers of the church, which was basically one church, uh, you know, on top of the other. It is amazing. Uh, the Arapacus uh, is an ancient marble altar table surrounded by carved marble walls, uh, site of sacrificial offering to the Roman guards built during the rule of Emperor Augustus, new museum gallery designed by award-winning architect Richard Muir. Uh, go and uh, it's now encloses and protects the altar, and uh, you can go and check that out. It is beautiful. Uh, we are going to be going to break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about some places that you want to go in Rome that are must-haves. But then I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the off 
the beaten path places where you might want to check out if you're going to be visiting Rome. Some that not everybody goes to, but you really should take the chance and go see some things because you always want to do something that you know some of your friends who have been there before haven't done. So you have some bragging rights if you go. Uh, so we'll see you on the other side of the break. It's Don Catherine's La Bella Vita show. We will see you on the other side with a little bit of more room in your life. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart sore? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What in the world are you listening to, young man? Oh, Mom, it's just a cool comedy radio show. Well, it sounds much too adult-oriented for you, young man. But it's PG-13, and it's about six super nerds having crazy adventures while they try to take over the world. And you are only 12. Now go to your room and watch Nickelodeon or something. Oh, Mom. Now just what is this? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I've got to tell my friends about Paranoia Texas on TylerNet and Toginet Radio Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's a show filled with outrageous adventure and hilarious attitude, but it's definitely rated PG-13. I love it. You love Italian food. You admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense. You love travel and luxury destinations and resorts. This is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Welcome back. It's Don Catherine. It's La Bella Vita show. And we are talking about things that you might want to see off the beaten path in Rome. We are doing this in celebration of Rome's birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday to Rome. Uh, if you want to take a really cool walk, why don't you head on over to the Apian Way. The first paved road of the Roman Empire has been known as the Apian Way since 312 BC because it was built by a famous Roman nobleman, Apius Claudius. 
It has been named Regina Varium, the Queen of Ways, since the ancient Roman times, as it was the first great consular road that branched off from Rome, and because of the sepulchral monuments that used to stand on its sides, an epithet that was always been confirmed even when the road tumbled down, the beauty and majesty of its frame together with the landscape intersperses with picturesque villages and Roman ruins. Visiting the entire path would require days indeed, but in a sunny day you could rent a bike and go through all the Roman way. It would be an unforgettable experience, and I have to tell you that it's on my list of things to do. One time is to actually do the go through the entire Apian Way from beginning to end. I think it would be an amazing journey to go on. Uh, another place that you might want to go to is a Gothic cathedral in Rome. is a peculiar thing, and you can find one on the Church of the Sacred Heart of the Suffrage in Prati, on the Longo Tever Prati. It was built between the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century. The peculiarity of this little Gothic church treasure, completely admirable also by the other side of the Tiber, is not just the fact that it is a wonderful miniature of the Milan Cathedral, but that it hosts one of the most unique museums of the capital. It gathers together proof of deceased soul existence, therefore a proper museum of other world. Book fabrics and images on which prints of purgatory souls are impressed have been collected since Father Victor Jouet, the founder of this church, discovered the effigy of a suffering face on a fire spot. This happened after a fire that burned up the chapel consecrated to Our Lady of the Rosary in 1897. Jouet thought this was a sign of a purgatory soul who was trying to get through, so he decided on Pope Pius's approval to collect relics of the other world and expose them publicly as a proof of another life existence. Today, the little museum displays books and any kind of objects, each of them with its own amazing story. And for those of you who don't know what purgatory is, as Catholics, we believe that there's an in-between place between heaven and earth, and purgatory is where people pray for your soul so that you're able to go to heaven. So although they've kind of in not so distant past, uh, have kind of backed away from the whole purgatory thing. So we're not quite sure if purgatory is actually real or not. So just letting you all know. Uh, the Crypta of the Cappuccini. If you are not highly emotional, we also recommend to, to visit the Crypta of the Cappuccini in Via Veneto, almost at Piazza Barberini. Next to Our Lady of the Conception Church, there is a visible crypt decorated with the bones of more than 5,000 monks dead between the 16th and the end of the 19th century. The bones were collected from the mass graves. The crypt is made of several chapels crossed by a carter that houses the mummified corpses of monks, monks dressed with their habits. It's a macabre path full of decorations made up by religious men, bones that shape roses, stars, garlands, and chandeliers. So, pretty interesting place if you want to go see it. St. Mary above Minerva. The Church of St. Mary above Minerva is a rare sample of Gothic style in a city dominated by Baroque architecture. It is full of beautiful works of art inside, and for this reason, it is definitely worth a visit. The second part of the basilica name is fake. The ruins on which the church was built did not belong to Minerva, Calcida, uh, as it was thought for a long time. Starting from 1280, the church has been rebuilt and reshaped many times. In the 17th century, Calo Moderno changed the original facade, where from three gates open today, the middle one is considered to be a work by Caprino. The church inside has a nave and two aisles with a cross vault, a transept, and two chapels, and to the side of the presbytery. 
Uh, in the seventh right-hand chapel, there are two sepulchres of Bishop Giovanni di Coco and Benedetto Saranzo, works of the 15th century. The most important work of art in this place of worship is the marvelous Christ Carrying the Cross by Michelangelo, an extremely elegant sculpture, Santa Caterina di Siena, and the great Dominican painter Beato Angelico are buried in the church. I've been there before, and it is really a beautiful church, so you really should go see it if you are there. Of course, there is the beautiful uh, chapel of the Santa Santorum. The building that encloses the next treasure stands at the Archibasilica of St. John Lateran, and it preserves the precious chapel of the popes called the Sancta Santorum. Here, the image of the blessed, blessed Savior is venerated. The Holy Stairs, probably the most well-known inside the building as well, owes its name to the 28 steps that lead to the chapel. They are meant to be climbed on bended knee to venerate the passion of the Christ. According to an ancient Christian tradition in 326 A.D., the Empress Santa Saint Helena made this stair carried from Jerusalem. The stair was climbed by Jesus many times on the day of his sentence of death. But the chapel of the Santa Santorum has a story that will catch you. It is a splendid chapel in front of which the pilgrim once reached the last step of the Holy Stair can pray through a massive gate that protects it. According to medieval historians, it used to be the most venerated sanctuary of Rome. It was a private oratory of popes up to the Renaissance and it remains as a witness of a magnificent millennium of Roman papacy history. What is most ancient and well-known is the chapel is the image of the Blessed Savior, also called Acapopita, which means not painted by a human hand. It is a woman image, and it depicts the Savior sitting on the throne with a right-hand blessing and the gospel scrolls in his left hand. Wherever it comes from, the story of the icon is linked with several thousand years' devotion of the Roman population. It is among the most venerable one that the Father's faith kept, and because it is fundamental part of the story of the city. The Casina del Civita is surely an incomparable sample of Art Deco between 1910 and 25. In the middle of the Art Deco period, a group of artists such as Giulio Cambagliotti, Paolo Paschetto, Umberto Batazzi, and Vittorio Grassi reshaped the ancient chalet or Capanna Svizzera inside Villa Tortellonia in the current Museum of Art Deco Glass Wall. The artist, thanks to trails and several techniques, left space to their imagination, covering the casino with countless doors and windows made with lead polychrome glass, portraying birds, butterflies, but most of all, owls and other nocturnal animals. Hence, it's the name and magic look. Surrounded by the green of Villa Tornonia, the Casina del Chiva seems like coming out of a fairy book due to its peculiar architecture. The former house of Prince Giovanni Tornonia is nowadays a unique museum for its style. The house and the park architecture tell a story of the noble family who lived here for more than 100 years. The Asta Antica. The guided tour of Astia Antigua leads to a stretch of ruins romantically surrounded by the green landscape. It's basically remained remained uncontaminated by human intervention except for a simple excavation and restoration since the late ancient times. For this reason, Ostia represents an extraordinary place to visit if you want to know about ancient Rome's social life, habits, buildings, and professions. Nearer than Pompeii, better preserved, easily accessible, and made in Rome's image. You can walk through the ancient Roman harbor along the Decamus Maximus and the continuation of the Via Ostiens from the Roman gate, the Porta 
Romana to the Porta Marina. Though this long road, paved with large stones and penetrating the side and parallel streets, you reach buildings of different historical phases. There were intended for different purposes and used to characterize the public and private life of the Roman community. The most typical private houses are the great apartment blocks built from the end of the first century AD, blocks of flats built around a courtyard with shops at the ground floor and apartments on the upper floors designed for merchants and urban middle class. The workhouses were concentrated in the north section along the Tiber bed since the Republican age. Then the theater, the Teatro Augustio, still used for summer theatrical performances behind which is there is Piazza del Corporazione. It is a big colonnade squared with a central temple, probably dedicated to Ceres, the Roman goddess of abundance and prosperity, and a series of spaces beyond the colonnade aimed at welcoming the stations, that is to say the representative office of merchants, sailors, and other traded guilds. The symbols of the guilds are pictured on paved mosaics. Each profession found its representative building in Ostia, and uh, the Bass, the Basilica, and the Curia on the Forum in the very many religious buildings. Of course, there is the Roman castles, but don't let the name deceive you. There are not like ancient Scottish castles on top of Foggy Highlands. The Roman castles are 13 well-known towns located on more serious Halbin Hills as noblemen holiday resorts since the Empire times. They are still one of the most favored destinations of Roman people in scorching summer days. Definitely don't miss the Vrascati, dominated by the 16th century Villa Aldrobrandini, with its Italian-style gardens. This splendid facade stands out against the whole town. If you prefer a more medieval style, we recommend the Greek Abbey of San Nilo near uh, Grata Ferrata. The abbey was found in 1004 by monks who were coming from the Byzantine Calabria. But the Roman castles are also famous for towns that stand on volcanic lakes, Lake Castle Gandalfo, the summer residency of the Pope, which overlooks Lake Albano. When warm enough, it is worth a nice swimming and relaxing in one of the many cafes around the lake. Also, don't miss the cozy Nimi for its appealing green and blue landscape, but also for the taste of Roman history. This town overlooks the namesake lake along with Museo del Navi Roman is located. It was built by Mussolini to house two ancient Roman ships found when the lake was partially drained between 1927 and 1932. So those are some places that you can go if you are really looking for some places to go off the beaten path in Rome. And I really hope that you will because everybody goes to all the main places, which of course you want to go see, but take some time to go see some of the places that not everybody goes to see. You're going to have a lot less tourists to deal with and you're going to probably have a really spectacular experience. And You know, the Italians are amazingly friendly people, and I'm sure that they would give you a lot of background on some of the things that you're seeing, and I think you will really get some great opportunities. So that is the show. I want to thank my producer, Roy, over in Texas for his help tonight, and we're going to see you on another episode of the Bella Vita Show coming up soon. Thanks so much. Arrivederci, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for being a part of 